Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. It's Cormac and Saoirse here on Room 104. I hope you're well. Uh, joining us now on the show to talk about how uh, a lot of single women have been managing uh, lockdown and maybe what single women can do to help make lockdown a little bit more comfortable, bearable, easier. Uh, she joins us from Bali, I believe, and that's what we're going to be talking about first because myself and Saoirse are sitting here <laughs> looking at her via a webcam uh, over our Zoom here. And she seems to she be, just looks so fresh and, and happy. And, and, and happy, but uh, delighted to welcome back onto the show Jenny Keane. Jenny, how are you? I'm great. How are you doing? <laughs> we're doing good. Now, well, my we, morning. Exactly. Good morning to you. You look um, like you're having the best time. You're wearing a bikini, for God's sake. <laughs> I know, yeah, and I have like the waves crashing up on my, outside my window with the birds. That's it. That's it. We're going to end this interview now just because we can't take any more of that. Why in the name of God and how were you over in Bali? Um, so I, I when we started going into second lockdown, I was like, oh my goodness, I don't know if I can be in Ireland uh, in the winter. And I basically just started looking at a visa and uh, I got a business visa for over here and I'm doing a load of like recording and stuff um, for um, like video recording for content. And my favorite videographer and and, uh, and photographer lives in Bali. So I was like, fuck it, I'm going to go to Bali for the winter. <laughs> So I'm very lucky. Like I'm just like I I I think I I took it took me about three days to actually arrive because I think it happened. It all happened so quickly between like applying for the visa, getting the visa, and then you have to go through a massive rigmarole to travel with regards to COVID. Um, and so I didn't really believe that I was here until I actually got here, and then I was in shock for about three days, and I was like, oh my god, this is not a dream. <laughs> So, oh, it's, it's just fantastic. It's really, I, I mean, it's a different world. Um, like, I'm one of these people that I'm, I'm, I love the winter. I love, like, being in, like, I really love, like, getting, like, I love hot water bottles. I love, like, um, uh, wearing uh, cozy stuff. Like, I get excited about going to pennies and uh, getting new pajamas, you know, like, and onesies and things like this. But, like, it's so nice to be here, I have to say. <laughs> my body was, like, when I first got here, my body just completely, like, sighed, like, a big sigh of relief, like, 
Like we should have joined Jenny. We should have went over and did the show from. Why although, although I prefer the cold. Like you, no, you, you no, should have no. legged it and just said, "I'm I doing would, the show yeah. from Bali, from a beach, and 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 job done." I would have done a better job on the show if I was there. <laughs> you wouldn't have I'd been ringing you, going, "Where are you?" And you'd be like out having a, another cocktail by the by the sand somewhere and, and, and enjoying life. No, the reason we wanted to to chat with you is because we I saw you posting up something on your Instagram the other day. Now, for people who don't know, you are, uh, you know, according to your bio here, you would describe yourself as. As a holistic sex ed coach, tantric yoga kind of, um, or tantra yoga practitioner, I should say as well. But you um, put a question out over your Instagram to your followers and to the people that you follow, especially here, asking what has been the toughest part of lockdown, especially if you're a single woman when it comes to your romantic life or your your, your sex life and things like that. And some of the answers that you were sharing were, were fascinating. So could you share maybe what, Again, what, exactly what, what question were you looking to have answered and what were some of the responses that you've gotten back over the last couple of days? Yeah, um, I'm going to have to get some of them up because I, there was, I literally got hundreds uh, of master replies about it and it was actually probably like I, I, could, like I, I can't, couldn't keep up with the things coming in. So I asked like what, what, what dating and sex was like in lockdown for people yeah. and basically every a lot of people are just like it's basically non-existent you know or else it looks like it's on um it looks like it's happening on uh on tinder and uh, and it, but you know what like it's there is a real mix of messages right so a lot of people were saying like oh it's not happening at all or else people were using it as an opportunity to um uh to learn what self-pleasure looks like masturbation looks like and um and and also like about what they really want you know so it was really nice like but there's lots there's a huge you know a huge thing like one of those like vibrator sex and dates are scarce unfortunately or started chatting um started using apps and going for coffees and social distancing walks and now I let a guy in my bubble you know so it's like all of these um stories and this but like my what my thing would really be around this for people is like it's such even though it's so difficult right um there is a huge tendency when we are in a place of disconnection where you know like if you think about it right now right what uh we're being told there's these like little things of information that we're being told that it's not safe to be around people which is uh which is a, a huge thing for your body to feel right where you're watching people who are like you know uh who take a step back from you when they say hello mm, yeah, um, yeah. who uh, might cross the road right when you were walking down the road and you're getting information all the time that like oh it's not safe to be in contact with people and oftentimes when our body feels that we start to disconnect from not just society or a society and other people but also disconnect from ourselves, right so um it's really important that like you're there's focus on this so that you can even if you're on your own right that you can shift the focus away from if dating isn't working for you if it's frustrating if it's irritating if you're finding it like more of a headache than anything else um uh, that you can focus that towards self-dating and i always say this like self-dating is a practice it's a self-pleasure practice where um it tunes you in to your sexuality so what the things that you like the things that you don't like because very often when it comes to dating other people the focus is on the other right yeah. making them happy pleasing them discovering what they like you know and oftentimes it's it's easy in that space for our energy to move be moving up and out so self-dating is like a, a practice of solo cultivation where your energy is now moving in and down and you're learning like what things do you like 
what things do you not like? And it moves you away from the kind of goal of orgasm or pleasure as a performance, which very often it is when we're with somebody, right? Because we want to, we want, we want to be good at sex. You know, we want them to think that we're good at sex. So it can easily become a performance and even uh, you know, orgasming as a form of stress relief. And instead, self-dating really intimately connects you to experiencing a deeper sense of self, right? I love um, that term, so by the way. I love the term self-dating. It sounds phenomenal. I feel like even though I'm in a relationship, I'm definitely going on some self-dates. <laughs> I'm like, sorry, honey, right now I am self-dating. You're but it is, like Jenny, you probably outside. found this. It is the first time people are trying this out because I have friends that enjoyed sleeping with different men a lot, you know, various dates that they go on during on weeks them. and that's what they did and then lockdown happened and suddenly they were like dried up I, I am so horny right now and I don't know what to do because I don't have somebody and suddenly they had to look inwards oh absolutely and this is the thing right um, like when it comes to self-pleasure uh, and I think this is also why what I've been teaching and saying like exploded during lockdown right um, like the the workshops that I'm in mean, because it's all about like like a lot of time it's like Jesus where do I even begin when people uh, lose this kind of connection or this kind of easy access right that was something that was easier to access than it is uh, than it was than it is now right mm. and they realize like oh my god if I'm just focusing on myself I have no idea where to start I don't know what I like I don't know what I dislike I actually don't know I, I like because we have these I, I call them sexual scripts right things that are um uh things that we that we uh, programs that we have running that where we deny ourselves pleasure where we deny ourselves sex because we think um, and there, there's loads of different ones right it can be like you know I can't have sex or um, until I lose this amount of weight um, yeah. if I'm not orgasming what's the point um, if I'm not with somebody what's the point like what is the point you know if I'm uh, if I'm with somebody, I can't masturbate. You know, we have all these really strange sexual scripts, you know, and they're things that deny us access to pleasure. But self-pleasure is this beautiful thing because it's about giving you permission, right, to enjoy the pleasure of your own company. It's about giving yourself permission to linger in sensations that feel good and to really feel like you're worthy of your own touch, you're worthy of your own love, you're worthy of your own time. And masturbation is this incredible um, practice. And, and I always call it like a beautiful meditation meditation on self-love where um for where so often we kind of leave our pleasure in the hands of others to discover right um self-pleasure is really an invitation to take that back and to learn what it looks like you know when it's just you when you have nobody else to please because oftentimes it means then that we start to slow down and we start to go okay well actually if i'm touching here can i actually feel it you know so you learn how to switch yourself on rather than switch yourself off and i always say like that the beauty of self-pleasure is that when you or when you are with another right when you are uh, intimate with another, that it is about um, sharing the kind of gift of your pleasure with somebody else. And if you don't know what your pleasure looks like, um, then it's there's there's a, a disconnect there. Yeah, and right? I imagine there's a, so, there's a huge dependency um, on on somebody else as well to kind of fulfil all that for you. And I'm just pres- I'm going to presume like is this a bigger issue with with women when it comes to maybe the shame or the guilt with doing this? Because I know lads would not have a problem now. Lads don't talk about it, but I don't think they have any guilt around a self uh, self dating if we want to call it for, from here yeah. from here on out. But, but it's it's like it's like uh, this thing or this notion that men have to. You know, you have to come. So you have to use something that will help you to do that, at, you know, frequently. Whereas women, 
even though the same applies, it's this whole hidden secret that you don't talk about it shame with your friends. Shame on you. Yeah, it is Shame though. on you. Get People... you to the nunnery. That's it. You have sex for kids and babies <laughs> in the missionary position and oh, that no. is it. And like you're saying, I suppose the old scripts maybe back in the day would have been no sex before marriage yeah. and then all of the shame that would have came around living in a small town in the country and uh, things have gotten far worse or they were far worse I think back in the day led to some horrible situations but now I think it's you know people like yourself Jenny are helping to seem to kind of walk a different path you know what's when really it comes funny? to women when I put stuff. this up obviously that Jenny was coming on tonight you know a lot of my friends were like oh what time is she coming on at and my mum <laughs> and my sisters and I know it's because and we've something... a group of nuns outside protesting <laughs> Jenny as well we had to have extra security coming in because they were just throwing <laughs> holy and I was like fair play to them because none of Sorry, us talk sister. about this we don't Sorry, talk sister. openly about this so suddenly there's someone here to tell us you know this is normal this is okay this is what you know, will help you. What has happened to our country, Jenny? Yeah. My God, we've all gone to the dark. Oh, it's so, but do you know what's actually, I'd love to mention because you mentioned about men, right? Um, I, I do workshops for men as well. And I something that's really interesting is that we have this notion when it comes to men. It's like, oh, they have no problem when it comes to this. But actually, um, actually they have the a similar problems. It's a little bit easier for men in one sense, right? Because their their uh, their sexual organs are on the outside rather than in, than the inside, right? So when it comes to women, you know, entering yourself is this very intimate thing that takes it's so vulnerable, right? To to you know to enter yourself to enter or for someone to enter you, and it's something that we don't consciously think of, right? But when it comes to men and self pleasure, is that very often it's the same thing with women, right? Very often the the goal uh they have a goal when it comes to self-pleasure that it's about pleasing another or making another person orgasm this is generally a man's um main focus when he's in a relationship with uh somebody else i hear all the time it's like i'm like what do you want to learn i want to learn how to pleasure her i want to learn how to um be a better lover for her so generally your their sent their sexuality is for somebody else rather than for themselves first they never get taught to look at this so sex becomes about um what you accomplish rather than uh rather than what you can appreciate it becomes uh what what you can achieve rather than rather than about connection and so for men you know uh, one of the biggest kind of myths around sensuality is that um, uh, that uh, one of the myths around sensuality is that like sensuality is inherently a feminine thing, right? Yeah. That uh, but feminine sensuality only has one flavor, mm. and every single person, mm. a man and a woman, we are all sensual beings. We're sensual right now, right? We're existing we might be existing unconsciously in it right and and not in that recognition but to be sensual is to really allow um uh it allow life to penetrate you and you to penetrate life and how do you do that through our senses right we walk through the world taking the world in through our senses we um we and we we give we give back through our senses as well through our sound through our touch all of these things so all of us are inherently um, sensual beings but we believe that sensuality is just a feminine thing right that uh but sensuality is body-based right and it's active and dynamic as much as it is passive and receptive that there is this kind of unique expression 
um, that is still masculine, right? Uh, that is about sensuality in, in leadership, in direction, in decisiveness. Um, and this is a really thing because this is a really big issue, right, for men because ultimately they lack the role models for seeing male sexuality expressed in all genders expressions of that gender in all uh you know whether you're um heterosexual homosexual all of these things and i think this is like the biggest thing so for even for men learning how to slow down learning how to take time for your pleasure learning um learning what touch you like what touch you don't like you know these are really uh, just as important for men that they don't focus on and uh, and definitely uh should have a focus on so de- i would de- definitely say it's as it's as big an issue for men as it is for women <laughs> okay that's interesting and it's funny actually you say that because i think as when we're women looking at men anyway i can talk about previous boyfriends i've had they none of them like the same thing whereas i just assumed you have this, Food you have and them. Food and beer. <laughs> you like both. <laughs> and Shop no. Um, yeah, it, but it, it is interesting. And I saw a lot of the, the, the comments that you were getting for, you know, it might just be my ignorance that the, the comments that you got back from a lot of women seem to have so much worry and stress around around everything when it came to the, their bodies and their insecurities around sex and as you said those kind of sexual scripts are kind of it, it is interesting but for for someone who um might be listening right now who's in let's say who is who is single who's alone is finding it slightly lonely and disconnected during lockdown uh, what advice would you would you give them for the for the rest of the the lockdown phase that we're in over here um so okay so what i always say is that try to like so when it comes to when it comes to self-pleasure this is really about slow sex right and so slow sex is really about making non-goal orientated time that allows space for experience okay so this means that to allow yourself to be in a state of being rather than in a state of doing okay to allow space within that to play to discover to explore to connect right and and really simply for for the pleasure of it right not for a goal not um because you're trying to get anything because generally we use our sex to kind of get something out of it you know get an orgasm so we can relieve the stress so slow sex means really um understanding what it is that you need in this moment okay that will allow you to kind of move towards your sexuality because for some of us you know if we're feeling tired like slow sex me sex needs to be um uh if like for example if our body is anxious okay if we're if we're feeling anxious in our body if we have a touch that's like light and feathery and kind of tickly on our skin this can kind of amplify anxiety okay however if you touch where it's like strong long uh deep kind of hold on your body so you're literally holding your arms holding your body this helps to relax the body because it teaches us the safe right so learn what kind of touch what kind of touch you want in the moment and um, uh, learning if you need to relax learning if you need a little bit of activity right so it means creating space for um quality attention right quality attention on yourself on your partner um on a new body part right and bringing awareness of the subtle ways energy moves through your body and then as well tuning into your senses so tuning into your senses is super important i write i have a big uh i have like a 20 minute um igtv on self-pleasure 101 and it really teaches you about it really like goes into detail about this but tuning you into your senses like touch scent 
sight, sound, taste, right? So that they become heightened. And this is really important because, you know, this is where you really learn to seduce yourself, right? You learn to fall in love with yourself. You treat your senses as if they are lovers seeking simulation. And this is where where you start to find um, rituals uh, that turn self-care into self-romance. And this is really not like a, a, frivolous, a frivolous thing. It's not easy either. So learning how to do that is, is, a, is, a, is a beautiful thing because in doing this, like, you you begin to to work from the inside out right where you like enjoy the sensation and really sit into the sensation of what it feels like to pour water over your own body okay or to kind of crackle like lavender uh, buds in your fingers and hold them to your face and this is a, a veneration it's a kind of devotion and practices like this nurturing senses teach us how to see see divine the divine in bodies that are different from our own and when we can experience that in other things we start to open ourselves up to it in ourselves as well and so it helps to remove body shame where you be feeling like where this is a big reason you deny yourself sex right if your body doesn't look good it's like oh i can't i don't look good right now i can't go on this date i can't meet this person i can't though they jesus christ they can't see me naked you know um so learning how to do this this uh, uh, helps to remove shame and allows you to really sit into your experience of pleasure in a much uh, deeper, more connected way. Brilliant. Well, uh, you have a ton of information that you're constantly churning out as well. So if you would like more info from um, from Jenny, you can find her best place is on her Instagram, which is... Uh, what is Sorry, your Instagram is hello, Jenny. Yeah, Can't. hello, Jenny Keen. Brilliant, brilliant. Yeah. Well, well, listen, we appreciate you uh, giving up your time this evening and uh, joining us all oh, the way you're from so from Bali. We're not jealous oh, at and all. And you want to know, and just to say, Cormac, just to say one thing as well, because tune in right because tomorrow i'm actually i have uh i've been given um a gift of three vibrators to give away to people so that's something that else they can use during lockdown i love <laughs> so it you can come to my <laughs> come to my instagram so a little bit of pleasure for everybody brilliant brilliant <laughs> well listen uh, jenny we'll, we'll let you get back to your desert island paradise over in bali thanks a million for popping on and we'll chat you soon oh thanks so much sending you some sunshine oh, we need it anyway thanks very much <laughs> bye, Jenny. Jenny. bye 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 yeah hello Jenny Keen as well if you want to follow for more information on all of those types of things anyway uh, might help you get through lockdown a little bit better I like this message that came in from Sean 98% of people masturbate and the other 2% lie <laughs> <laughs> so true uh, definitely definitely 100% uh, still to come on the show we'll be chatting with Claire uh, Seal Claire Seal about her her journey out of Swimming in tens of thousands of euro worth of death and a uh, death, uh, debt, not death. She wasn't swimming in dead bodies. She was swimming in a lot of money <laughs> she owed. That would be a, a completely different interview. And very, very weird. Uh, on the way next, though, control, alt, delete. We might be able to breathe on the moon very shortly. And we'll have music from Dermot Kennedy and Niall Horn. They're on the way next here in F104. FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. I.E. now. Room 104's control, alt, delete. It is time for a quick roundup of some of the tech stories you may or may not have missed from during the week. There's a couple of interesting ones here. If you're sick and tired of living here in lockdown, maybe consider living on the moon because a new group of scientists and researchers are after figuring out a way to extract breathable oxygen from moon dust. I mean, I don't understand this, but it sounds great. We don't need to understand it. Basically, there's oxygen in the rocks and the dust hidden inside the hidden inside the rocks and the dust on the moon and these engineers from a UK based engineering firm 
they, they teamed up with the European Space Agency and they have developed a method and a procedure that will be able to extract oxygen out of the dirt and then be able to use that to... Uh, to be I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. For us to be able to breathe. That's good. That's good. So yeah, we can so breathe on, on the moon? Well, we, we, yeah, we might be able to breathe just, you know, normally. But there, there's technically now an unlimited supply of oxygen on the moon hidden in the rocks. And they're hoping that one, maybe then if you're not, if we're planning on building a base on the moon, we won't need to bring all the oxygen with us. You know, we won't need to bring tanks and tanks and tanks of oxygen, which are really heavy, which will you know, be a problem getting out of Earth's atmosphere. We can just go there, set up shop, and then just... But like getting uh, water out of the ground, now we can get oxygen out of the ground. Happy days. Happy days as well. So living on the moon, it's one tiny little step closer. Uh, but there you go. They're hoping that you'll be able to use this to, one, breathe, and then also create um, buildings and shelters and even power other spaceships and launch them from the moon. So that's good news if you're planning on going to the moon anytime soon. Apple did another launch of more products today. I don't know if you saw. No, and I don't, you know, kick up a song and dance about it and queue for hours trying to get the latest Apple product. I'm not like that kind of person. I mean, the iPhones are brilliant. Love them. Love laptops. But anything else, don't care. Once it's working... Fine. Uh, so you might have seen today they had a couple of launches already this year this was like the final surprise one so they've launched a new operating system which will be out on Thursday which I'm so wary about I have a Mac and sometimes they're like hey install this new update and I'm like I they worry that half do of, that. but I'm like worried that half of the programs you use won't be compatible with it and then you're kind of like oh well this is pointless anyway yeah. that's out on Thursday mm. they've announced a new MacBook Pro and also a new Mac Mini and a new MacBook Air so I'm sure they'll be lovely and expensive and you can see them all on the website. A fun thing to do if you're ever bored is to go onto Apple's website and buy a laptop but spec it out for the most amount of money that you can spend on it. It's a staggering amount of money. Really? Oh my God. The, the, they have these little, um, not little things, they have, uh, is it the Mac? Not the Mac Mini, they have, what's the name of it? 
know you can buy the big fancy screens, the desktop Macs, not the MacBooks, oh, the yeah. actual iMacs. Yeah, yeah. And then they have the other things, I think they're called towers, are they? They're like real high-end processing power stuff for like film studios who do not have a lot of editing. I remember just specking one of them out. Uh, most powerful, biggest amount of space, all the extras. And I think it was like 30 grand. for uh, 30 for, grand? Oh, yeah. You can spend, I think, nine grand on a MacBook. Pro. Stop. Oh, it's something ridiculous. That's a car. Oh, it's deposit on a gaff gone into your, uh, wow. going into your computer. So just do it for the crack. Just go in and uh, look up a MacBook Pro or an iMac and get the fastest with the most amount of space, all the optional extras, uh, the the Retina display screen, all the fancy things, and you will just see what the, t- the price is, the total, because it's insane. Uh, that is mad money. Oh, stupid money. You know, absolutely stupid, stupid money. But there you go. If you had the money to spend on it, job done, happy days. Mentioned this yesterday at the end of the show, but... BMW have launched a, a powered wingsuit. So a, a kind of like a jet engine uh, wingsuit that can propel you up to about 300 kilometers per hour. So if you haven't checked this out, Google BMW wingsuit and you'll see a 33-year-old Austrian man, uh, Sal- Salzman. Salzman is his name. Anyway, he's wearing BMW's 50-volt power twin carbon propellers. And they spin at a staggering speed. But uh, the wingsuit people are those nut jobs who jump off the side of a mountain. Oh, yeah. And they can fly down. They have the, they look like the squirrel suits or the wingsuits and they can fly and they can go for ages. This one has propellers on it now. So he's wearing, it's not exactly a jetpack, but it just speeds up uh, him falling down and gliding over the surface to the point where you can actually raise him back up and elevate him a little bit more so he can kind of go down and come back up a little bit and then he can go down again and he can kind of come back a bit so he can fly a little bit longer but they've been planning this for absolute years it's something you would 100% kill yourself in without a shadow of a doubt but um, it'd being, be fun though oh it'd be it would be fun I'd yeah. say if you had the balls to do it it would be incredible incredible fun but there you go if you want to see a Austrian man jump from a helicopter 10,000 feet over the Alps with this um, twin carbon propelled battery powered engine that can propel him to about 300 kilometers per hour there you go that's what they've done as well Uh, other news as well spit your spit can apparently tell you if you have a concussion your spit yeah your spit not weird isn't it that's very strange. Usually you get a concussion, they have to obviously look at your eyes and ask you, do you know what's going on? Yeah. Um, and then maybe you start getting dizzy and you start getting sick and it happens a lot in rugby and American football and other sports like that. But now, uh, rather than having to do a MRI, I don't know what to do with MRI or CT scan, they might, they've developed a test that might be able to... Do a swab thing? A little swab thing in your mouth that'll be able to just analyse your saliva and they'll look for tiny strands of uh, micro-RNA and that'll be able to, depending on the, the amounts that they are in, in your mouth and in your saliva, will be able to indicate whether you are have a concussion or not. Because sometimes you may not realise you have a concussion. You go to the hospital and they're like, oh, take it easy. Yeah. Now they might be able to just swab your mouth and tell you, nope, there you go. You have actually got a uh, concussion just from your spit. So less invasive. And then obviously the news, which we won't get into too much because we're still holding out hope. The, the, the vaccine has been... Showing signs of good news. Phase three from Pfizer was approved uh, yesterday and they released some results. We're still waiting for the rest of the results to come out as well, but the EU have put in a little order. We've ordered two million. Which is good. Great news. Fingers crossed we get uh, all of that stuff approved so that we can get out of lockdown and we don't have to be jealous of people sitting on a beach in Bali somewhere. But listen, uh, (laughs) uh, that's pretty much all the tech news as well. There's more stuff about uh, Apple up online anyway from their launch today, but it's mainly just they announced the phones already. 
but mainly just their new uh, MacBook, a Mac Mini, and a uh, MacBook Air. Um, if you want to have a look and empty your bank account into those things. Anything we miss, let us know. 087-6797-104. Still to come on the show in the next few minutes as well. If you are struggling in a sea of debt and just bury your head in the sand when it comes to all things money but feel as if you really should do something about that. Claire Seal is a name uh, is a woman is the woman's name who'll be joining us. She set up an account called My Frugal Year on Instagram where she started anonymously kind of documenting the problems she was having and trying to work out from work out some solutions. The account blew up and she has since uh, written a book on helping people to overcome their financial struggles in life. She'll be on giving us a few tips and tricks so we don't go into Christmas too broke. Here's Niall Horn, though. This is nice, nice to meet you. FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. 104, it's Cormac and Saoirse here. Good evening. Now, how are your uh, finances during the pandemic? I've chatted to a lot of people who have said the whole idea of uh, working from home has saved them an absolute fortune. And it's for the first time people are maybe, I don't know, taking stock of uh, taking stock of their finances. And it's good for some people who are working from home who are saving a ton. I know there's the complete flip side of that because you might be in a much more difficult, struggling uh, financial situation with, uh, with the lockdown and maybe job losses and maybe, you know, you're becoming aware of everything you're subscribed to and it's like no netflix gotta go prime's gotta go everything else i'm subscribed to has gotta go and you're taking stock but to talk to us about their own story about their frugal year and how they decided to take control of their financial situation because it can be one of the most stressful parts of your life that not a lot of people talk about she decided to try and do something about the debt that she was in and maybe the the toxic relationship she was in when it came to money and money management and she's built up a huge instagram following uh, at my frugal year uh, on instagram she joins us now to chat a little bit more about that whole journey now claire seal how are you claire hi yeah fine thank you claire this is fascinating and you know kind of reading about your story and how you kind of overcame that debt is one thing but i find myself constantly broke constantly spending money that i don't have <laughs> so i think this is quite common but how did you find yourself in that situation um well i think i never really got to grips with how to manage money and I think that's quite common, actually, um, because we're not really taught it at school and it doesn't really matter how good at maths you are. You know, I think money's a lot more complicated than that. So, yeah, I'd never had a great relationship with money. And then, you know, as I grew up and started having these big life milestones, I I had both of my children quite young. Um, So there's all the costs involved in that. I got married, which is obviously very expensive. Um, You know, and so I, I think because I didn't have the right attitude or mindset or way of dealing with my finances, it just culminated in... Know, a huge amount of debt and I think the other thing is that tends to spiral once you get to a certain point where you're no, no longer in control it's very hard to rein it in so yeah that's how I got to the situation that I found myself in. I, and can I ask I hope you don't mind me prying too much into this but the debt was it credit card debt was it you know student debt where was where was it all piling up from? So it was of course several different credit cards and a student overdraft which I think quite a lot of people can identify with the fact that you get you get it sort of whacked on your student account when you're 18, 19, and then often it takes until you're sort of 30 to pay it off. It was very much sort of consumer credit as opposed 
to, you know, an actual student loan. I found it interesting as well that there's certain things, no matter how broke you are, that people tend to want to continue to pay for, like Netflix or a gym membership. Yeah, I think that subscriptions can really trip you up. I mean, especially during the pandemic, I think a lot of people are finding there's a lot of value in their subscriptions because, you know, obviously for entertainment, but also as like a talking point, we're not really doing very much. So it can help you to feel so closer to your friends and family if you're watching the same thing and then talking about it. But yeah, subscriptions are are tricky because also they're, they're all quite small amounts but then they really, really add up. And I think that one of the principles of budgeting is that sort of every small amount counts. I think it's one of the money and maybe, you know, debt is one of the things that can really amplify a stressful situation in your life because you not that you wouldn't care about losing your job, but now you're like, OK, well, how am I going to pay the mortgage and how am I going to pay for, for all the bills and all the other loans that are coming out every single month? You can feel suffocating and feel like you're drowning in all this insurmountable, you know, debt that you've piled up over the years. But for you, what was what was the turning point? Was there a particular day where you were like, enough is enough, and then you decided to do something about it? Yeah, um, it came sort of mid-March last year, and I had been sort of, things had been getting more and more stressful, and I'd been sort of trying to sort of move small amounts of money from one account to another to, to plug these growing holes um, in my budget. And then it just came to a head when mid-month, I just couldn't do that anymore. It really reached the end of the rope. Um, and I realised that something more sort of fundamental needed to change. So that was when I started, you know, a bit of an, an overhaul of of everything. So how did you begin that then? Did you just wake up one day and say, okay, I'm going to go and set up an Instagram page and kind of talk about this? I think I couldn't tell you now what possessed me to set up an Instagram account. I think it was a feeling of that it was too much for me to hold in, but I wasn't really ready to talk to anybody about it, apart from obviously my husband. So it was a bit of an outlet and it was very cathartic. And also just you know, to bear in mind, I, I didn't really expect it to become the community that it has. I thought I'd get, you know, a couple of handfuls of followers who might shout at me if I bought too many lattes. I didn't think that it would grow into a community. So I think, you know, the fact that it resonated with so many people so quickly sort of proves that there wasn't really anybody talking about money in a more sort of emotionally intelligent well-being sort of way up until that point um and i think what what people like about it and what i like about the community that's grown is that it's very much sort of judgment free but really helpful um, so if you've just tuned in we're chatting to claire seal uh, as she mentioned about a year or so ago found herself swimming in an awful lot of debt and was like no this has kind of got to change and then set up an instagram account my frugal year where she kind of documented and talking about the issues that she was facing with it so i see now over the over the last year or so you've kind of made a dent and made a chunk and getting rid of some of that um some of that debt and i know it can it can sometimes feel as if you're never going to get through it it's an insurmountable mountain that you're never going to actually get to the top of and get control of but what were some of the things like maybe some of the most important things that really really helped you kind of get a bit more financially fit um i mean living living with a budget was number one so getting used to kind of keeping track of what was coming in what was what was going out 
um, and having a plan for what was left over. And, you know, at that time, my husband was starting a new job that was slightly better paid, as was I, and our son, our eldest son, was about to start school. So we did then have more disposable income to put towards our debt repayment. But as I'm sure many people can attest to, having an increase in income or um, you know, suddenly having a bit more money available doesn't necessarily mean much. Sometimes it can just disappear on kind of incidentals. So um, I think without having done that kind of change in mindset and really made a commitment to paying off the debt, moving forward, building something positive with money, that that probably wouldn't have happened. But yeah, you're right, you know, we're about £18,000 down now, so we've got under 10 left to pay, and it, and it feels much, much lighter and, and more doable. And hopefully, you know, by the end of next year, we'll have moved on to the next stage of this sort of financial journey. And you're hardly living a miserable life like the thoughts of having to kind of put away a certain amount of money to me or to someone else listening they might go oh god I can't because life is bleak enough as it is. You want mm-hmm. some kind of happiness and outlet and you need, you need to kind of get your shopping and you know indulge a little bit as well. Yeah I think that you can't live indefinitely on like a really super tight miserable budget. It's a bit like a crash diet you know, it's impossible to live off sort of green vegetables and plain chicken for two years. And it's also impossible to live off not ever spending anything on anything you enjoy. Um, Because what's likely to happen anyway is that you'll give up and then you'll feel like you can't do it. And then you won't try again and things just get worse. So building some enjoyment into your budget is really important as well. Yeah, it's a good analogy you said, like you're going to deprive yourself for a year, you're not going to stick with it and it'll all be too much. And you're like, nah, good luck, see you, bye, this isn't mm, working out. To, yeah. to someone who, who will be listening now who might be in a similar situation to yourself or who has always struggled with money and has maybe, uh, you know, been too scared to check what they owe on the credit card and too scared to kind of see where they are. And Like, what advice do you have for them? I mean, the first thing is that there aren't really any two ways about it. You do have to take that kind of leap and face the music. And it can be quite a sort of difficult process, you know, take it, take it from someone who's been through it. Um, but what I would say is that it's absolutely worth it when you're a few months a year a couple of years down the line you'll be so glad that you did it but it's not just about checking how much you owe it's checking your financial health in other ways so things like checking your credit score and and making sure that you know what options are available to you because the last thing that you want is to be paying you know 20 percent interest on a, a credit card if actually you could transfer that to, a, to an interest-free one and be making a real dent in the in the capital balance. You know, and, and I think that this is one of the things, this is one of the ways in which financial shame costs us materially is that people are so ashamed that they can't even admit to themselves what the situation is and then they miss out on opportunities to fix it. So, you know, Things like checking your balance regularly, checking your credit score regularly. I mean, the Experian report that you referenced earlier says that over half of people 
people don't check their credit score more than twice a year or have never checked it. But it's, it's really important to get an overall picture of your financial health and your financial situation. And, you know, even if it's not great to start with, it gives you a place to start and it gives you, um, you know, somewhere to progress from. And as someone who's quite a way down that sort of road now, all I can say is things do get better. One day you will just wake up and you will feel better. You'll realise how much better you feel and how much more in control. And it's never too late to start looking at your financial well-being and it's never too early either. I think it is the simple things as well that we just need to be aware of. It, it's a process as well it's not just something that's going to happen overnight and or something that you do and then you move past it it's a lot of these things are just habits that you can incorporate into your life and they do become sort of second nature but you're right it is it's the simple small things that all add up uh, well, listen, if you uh, want some more kind of practical, implementable um, tips on how you can maybe start to overcome your own debt or financial struggles and, and do it in a way that hopefully will make sense to you, you can check out Claire's My Frugal Year on Instagram. Claire Seal is at My Frugal Year, all one word, or you can check out her brand new book on um, uh, Amazon and all the usual good places, which is called Real Life Money. And uh, you're bringing out a Real Life Money journal this year as well to kind of help go along with that, I believe. That's right. Yeah, so that's a workbook for people to fill in themselves and hopefully it's going to really help people like you said to just take control of their finances and to build those habits we were talking about brilliant well listen claire Steele, thanks a million for popping on and uh, very best of luck obviously with the new journal that's coming out at the end of the Great. year and we'll speak to you again soon thanks so much fm 104's room 104 podcast with cormac moore and sir shalong When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.